Good morning. Welcome one and all to our worship service this Sunday, September 4th. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Can you rejoice in it, even though it's three digits worth of heat? Can you do that? I'm thinking back to my childhood, thinking like this is a snow day uh, in the winter in the Northeast, right? When it gets to be such with the weather that you just kind of stay inside. And this is the, the West Coast version of that. But you hearty souls are venturing out into the desert heat to be in worship. And God bless you for that. I hope that you experience a a special touch of the Spirit this morning for this effort of being with us. And those of you who are with us online, uh, wise choice probably, Um, but um, we want to affirm you as well. And remind you that today is Communion Sunday, so if you are at home, you want to uh, uh, take an opportunity uh, fairly early in the service to get some bread and juice at the ready uh, for yourself uh, where you are so that when we get to communion after the sermon, you'll be ready to go. Those of you who are here in person, if you did not get the little uh, combo pack that is out in the narthex, uh, go ahead and get it. I don't notice any ushers here to facilitate your effort today, so you're on your own, um, but go ahead and get them. They're on the table out there. Or Ken will, Ken will help you if you need it. Get back into him and, and he'll, uh, he'll help you. The flowers are honoring the Donovan's anniversary. I don't see them here this morning, but Boyd and Peggy, congratulations on another year of, of marital bliss. Uh, Koku is, uh, Kaneo Connect is meeting this week. We are starting our midweek sessions again. Uh, it will be Tuesday night. It will be in Thousand Oaks for the month of September. Uh, I checked in with the, uh, the pastors this morning, and they assure me that there's air conditioning in the meeting hall that we will be at in Thousand Oaks, so it's uh, full steam ahead on that. We'll be gathering at 5.30 to eat and then uh, the program, so we encourage you to uh, consider being a part of that process. Uh, Social Concerns has its homelessness focus here coming up in these uh, next weeks. Remember that there's the webinar on the 12th, that's Monday at 7 p.m., and then the book study will be on the 25th at 4 p.m., but the books are available uh, already, so uh, pick them up from the Saltos or from the church office. Be glad to see you be a part of uh, that study that is looking into uh, what life is like when you're, you're living just right on the cusp of of having a home or not having a home and, and how that might impact uh, your children dealing with school and, and your, your uh, presence in the community. Manna drop-off is only on Sunday the 18th this month, so I've been asked to remind you of that, that third Sunday of September. Also on that third Sunday of September, from 2 to 5, we are having a fashion show um, I haven't been contacted yet to uh, be one of the models, so I, I think we're dealing with female fashion, not men's fashion, and, um, but is it just, are we just inviting the women to come to this, or are men invited also? Uh, maybe it's just a women's thing, because it also includes afternoon tea, and it's on a Sunday afternoon, so I don't know how many men you're going to get coming out to that, but um, women, yeah, Right? So it's uh, 2 to 5 in Alton Hall on the 18th. Mark that on your calendar, please. And, and for you women also, on that last weekend of September into October is the uh, women's retreat. We're doing it this year with uh, the women of St. Matthew's, part of our Conejo Connect. Now, one of the things that has been... Um, among the many things that have been sad over the last couple years is that that tradition of Friday night diners was, was interrupted. And, and what we've learned over the, over the course of, of these years is that a lot of people have, have wanted to be a part of it um, if it could be at a different time. And a lot of people have wanted to be a part of it if it didn't involve driving to neighborhoods in the dark that they weren't familiar with. And, and so there's, uh, there's been some changes that, um, 
the, uh, the severances who are uh, going to be hosting it with the Hopkins for this first gathering. It's now going to be Saturday night suppers. And we're, we're looking to maybe have it every month if we can do it. And this first one will be September 24th. It will be on the Saturday, September 24th here at church. And that's going to be the difference. Maybe some of them will be in people's homes, um, but um, we will always be opening the church to have it here at church if that is the more convenient way to, to do it. So this, this initial gathering on Saturday will be at 5.30 on September 24th. So you are asked, like um, in months past, you are asked to contact the host and to say, we're coming, and to then get some suggestions about what it might be that you would bring to, to supplement the meal that is being offered. So the same kind of pattern of how it's done, except that it will be happening uh, at church. Very exciting. So if you'd like to be a part of this lovely evening, get in, in touch with the Severances or the Hopkins, and um, we'll, we'll look to make this happen again and, and give an opportunity for us to uh, strengthen our relationships post well, can you say post-pandemic? That doesn't feel quite right. We're not, we're not, during this endemic that we are now in, right? Okay, today's worship, we are continuing with our sermon series on things that matter to families and how the resources of faith and church can assist in developing and strengthening families, helping them to navigate the journey towards health and wholeness. So, Let's build the body, putting to use our resiliency for our families. Let's center ourselves and begin worship. stand and join with me in our call to worship and remain standing for the hymn and invocation. Praise God and join with one another in this act of worship. We gather and worship the Lord of all life, the creator of the cosmos that surrounds us and every living creature who dwells among us. What a wondrous creation and how blessed are we with an awareness of the divine that undergirds it all. Praise and thanks be unto God. Praise and thanks. your hearts. Let us pray. Holy God, we lift up our spirits and we open our hearts and minds to your presence and to your word for us this day. May we be nourished and nurtured, renewed and rejuvenated 
for faithful lives of discipleship. Amen. Welsh, and I'm the Youth Program Director here at Santa Clarita United Methodist. And I'm Charlie. Do you like listening to the radio, Charlie? Definitely. Yeah, me too. I usually listen to it when I'm in the car driving around town. Although, I brought this portable radio with me today. I have certain stations I like to listen to. Sometimes, however, as I'm listening to a particular station, it starts to sound fuzzy and staticky, making it hard to hear the music or the words someone is saying. Let's see if we can find one of my favorite stations right now. I love this song! You know, this station's coming in really clear. Let's see if we can find another station. Just move the tuner. That doesn't sound very clear at all, does it? No. This one is very static. Let's turn that off. Now, which station would you prefer to listen to? The clear one. Yeah, the clear one with music, huh? Yeah. Our life and our relationship with God is very much like tuning this radio to different stations. Sometimes we need tuning ourselves. Yeah. Our Bible verse today says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That means we shouldn't let earthly things distract us from God. All sorts of things can distract us from God. Maybe you eat too many sweets, or maybe you focus too much on TV. Maybe you bite your fingernails. How about fighting with your brother or sister? Or even back-talking your parents? Yeah. <laughs> Those things don't help us focus on God, do they? <laughs> no. These things cause static in our lives. Now, what sort of things can we do to help keep us tuned to God's station? Going to church, praying, and being kind to others. Yeah, those are all great examples of things we can do to help keep us tuned to God's station. When we focus on these things, we begin the process of tuning our lifestyles so that we can live a clearer and cleaner life for Christ. The way we live our life is called our lifestyle. So when we improve our lifestyle by giving up bad habits, we are tuning our life. God wants us to always be tuning our life by giving up those bad habits and replacing them with good habits. Once you've made that trade, your lifestyle will become much more in tune with God. Now let's be in an attitude of prayer. Gracious and almighty God, we ask that you help us tune our lifestyle radios to your station. Help keep the static out of our lives so that we can focus on you. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's nice we have a connection with the Santa Clarita Church, huh? Uh, she was referring to uh, Pastor Christy not being able to be with us on uh, video because uh, she's got COVID. And so we'll have her in our prayers, but that's, that's what that was about. Otherwise, Pastor Christy would be with us. But we got a very nice children's story for adults as well as children. So uh, thank you for that. That little one. How old is that little one? Very good.
to God in prayer. Holy God, hear the stirring of our spirits, the yearning of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts as we join together with one another in our prayer this morning. We begin with confessing that there are times that we have been less than you have wished, saying words or doing deeds that reflect more our fallen nature than our higher one with you. So hear now our private prayers of confession. May your grace wash us clean and strengthen our resolve to walk better in your love. We pray for those around us who are struggling with physical or, or mental health issues, troubled relationships or uncertain employment or other forms of disease or discomfort. Oh Lord, Hear our prayers. Again, we think specifically of Kathy Drake and Ken, Bill Nodoff and Sandy, Sally DeLong, as, as they all deal with the effects of cancer and cancer treatments upon themselves and their family. Be with them and strengthen them in their love. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Bill Kahn and Kim Flintoff, as they move through their time of hospice. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Brother Jeter, who has uh, aggressive breast cancer, we lift up our prayers for her. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For the Riveras, Mary Nolan and Evelyn Rogers as they deal with their continuing health challenges. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Carolyn Siracusa, who fell and, and broke her shoulder. For John Shehorn, who at this moment is in urgent care with a uh, a terrible sinus infection. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For the family and friends of Paul Davidson who are mourning his passing last Tuesday. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for those who are suffering from COVID. We think of Pastor Christy and her daughter, Kaylee. We think of Kathy and Wayne Loeb. We pray for their speedy and full recovery and give thanks for those caregivers around them and all the others who are facing the challenge of COVID. We give you thanks for the medical personnel of our community for the great work that they are doing. Oh Lord, Hear our prayers. We think of those suffering from drought and famine in Afghanistan and in uh, Ethiopia and Somalia. We think of those suffering from the Ukraine war, those who have been affected by gun violence in our own country and elsewhere around the world. We think of those who have lost their homes and, and are uh, beset by the fires that are now raging and we think specifically in California, but in other places. We pray for your help to help us to manage these situations and to move forward as a healthy community, helping one another to be sustained and to survive. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we think of moments of, of joy that we have had this last week and 
we hear from Candy Wilcox, a prayer of thanksgiving over the healing of Steve Anderson, a young man who was suffering valley fever and meningitis. And from the Dilge family, we give thanks for the gathering of the clan to celebrate my, my birthday. Uh, what a joy to have loved ones together. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pause now again for another moment, Lord God, to lift up uh, private concerns of joy or, or worry that are on our hearts that have not been a part of what we've said so far. May all of these people and situations feel the impact of your spirit. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for our church as it continues in its ministries through these times, and we ask your help, Lord God, in, in maintaining and increasing our effectiveness and vitality. May the good that we seek to do be pleasing in your sight. We pray this all in your son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
The scripture this morning is from Philippians 2, 1 through 13. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard, regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Linda, for that good reading. Is that not just tremendous piece of scripture and if there was anything to to hold on there you would be holding on to something great beginning part the middle part the ending part all of it um, read it again this afternoon read it again tonight perhaps meditate on it this week and see how uh, the words of, of this sermon are helpful for understanding it and how maybe there's a greater understanding you have of it beyond what I'm saying because I'm, I'm taking it in a particular direction. I find how important it is to uh, grab hold of the word of God in the way that works its magic or its mysterious grace within us to transform us. And however that is for you this day, may it happen. Join with me. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, So you may not have thought that this was where somebody might be going with the sermon. Vinny is going to pull up a slide here in a second. When you see it, what you will see is a dog and a cat. Now, that is a photo of two dear and deceased members of the Dilge family. White socks, well, can you guess which one is white socks? That's the that's the kitty up there. Well, well, not really a kitty. It was a 20-year-old cat at the time. And if you could see well enough in this photograph, you would see that White Sox was really skin and bones. Uh, she could hardly get on the bed anymore to be shooed off the bed. Nick also was getting on in years. He was 15 at the time of this photograph. Uh, 90 pounds still, shepherd collie mix, and still still pretty energetic at the time, pre-cancer at this time, so still had a lot of, a lot of dog energy going for him. 
Um, now, I'm sharing this photo with you because uh, Meredith, who took care of the animals whenever Mom and I, Debbie and I, were away from home, uh, took this photo with a caption underneath it said, White Sox was sniffing Nick's ear, and Nick looked at me like, oh my God, what do I do? And then he cautiously wagged his tail. Now, let me tell you the backstory that, that makes that an, an interesting event in the Dilge household. Debbie found Nick, St. Nicholas is what his name was, uh, rain-drenched and abandoned two days before Christmas in one of the big box store parking lots. Uh, storm raging, she opened the side of the van at the time and beckoned the dog, and the dog immediately saw our salvation and ran and jumped in. She took him home to uh, what was turning into the Dilge Kennel, uh, this was dog number three at the time, uh, yet he was so adorable when he got cleaned up, and what else could the family do but welcome him into our hearts as well? So that's what I did too. And all was pretty good with Nick until Nick discovered White Sox. And then holy hell broke out in the house. It seemed that all that he wanted to do was to catch and kill that cat. And he set upon it as often as he had the opportunity to do it. It was his instinct, you've got to say, really. It was just his instinct. He was born for that. So, what can I say? For a number of years, we had to live with the hall door shut, segregating this dog from that cat. And it was a real bother to one of the humans in the house. But even he got on board to the program. We did what was needed. We did what was asked of us, providing a, a loving environment with some limits and some instructions, and slowly we altered behavior, and there started to develop a relationship between Nick and White Sox. And like I say, it wasn't very easy, but we were intentional about it, and we worked at it. And a frosty, a frosty detente was forged, um, but it needed high level of supervision, and it needed frequent reminders of proper behavior when they were in the same space. But it was developing, and, and after a considerable amount of time, that gave way, that frosty detente gave way to a slowly growing acceptance. And then this happened. The cat was actually licking the dog's ear, and the dog let it happen. I guess deciding that perhaps it was okay. An amazing development after months and months, well, a couple years really. Now, I share this story with you because I think it's fairly illustrative of what goes on in all of our households, not, not ear licking. But, but learning, how, learning how to live with one another, learning how to live with one another. In the raising of our children and the developing of our families, it is the human's natural instinct, it seems, to be self-centered, to look out for his or her own interests or advance his or her interests at the expense of others. Now, some may call this original sin, this thinking that we are the God of our time and space, and therefore, obviously, the rest of the folk in the sandbox or on the playground or in the classroom or around the community at meetings or in the office space, all these other people should respond accordingly 
to our rule, to our centeredness of the universe. And when I say it that way, it seems kind of absurd, doesn't it? But if you look around, you see that it is all over the place. People asserting self at the expense of others. We are all like the early Nick at the start. And unfortunately, some of us remain like that early Nick to the end of our lives. The biblical hope, though, the goal of good parenting, though, is for us to catch on to our place in the universe and our need for one another. And to realize that, that self-centeredness is a dead end. It's a pathway to loneliness, to troubles. As today's scripture says, we are blessed if we can take within ourselves, if we can inculcate the mind of Christ into ourselves. The church is our resource in this endeavor. But most of the work happens at home. Parents, grandparents, extended family members are responsible with the church's assistance and with our resourcing, we try to be helpful in this, to pass on the faith within the family. Patterns need to be created and practices need to be engaged to recognize the awakening spirit within and nurture the God connection, nurture the faithfulness of the person. Spirituality is already in each one of us as a child of God. The task is to help children express it and to grow into it. Healthy and whole person-making involves spiritual formation, and that starts at home. I can think of a number of ways, avenues, by which we can uh, be helpful with this for our youngsters. Well, actually, for our oldsters, too, if they're a part of the family and, and are still on this journey towards awakening or maturing in the spirit. All of these are good for all of us all the time. But these are particularly helpful, I think, for the youngsters as we're growing them forward, for them to discover who they really are and what resources abound in the universe for them to become who they are. And some of them are pretty simple, like... Grace at meals, not a really hard thing to pull off, parents, grandparents, yet it has an impact, a tremendous impact. It develops a sense of gratitude in the person for God's bounty, for the creation in which we live. It expresses an awareness that there is a community around the dining room table that helps make it possible for food to be on that table. And a lot of those folk we don't even see. And a lot of those folk we seem to marginalize, but a lot of those folk are crucial to the fact that we've got kale on the table, that we've got tofu, that we've got steak, that we've got beans, that we've got rice, that we've got bread, right? Thanks be to God for them. Thanks be to God for this creation in which there is kale. Thanks be to God for those who harvest it and bring it to the markets and get it to our table. Grace at Meals establishes a moment to reestablish your family relationships and your family's relationship to God. You're starving but before you dig in, you say a word of prayer. 
And it can be short or it can be belabored. The key thing is that it happens and what it teaches and what it starts to stimulate within. Now again, here's another very simple and, and it's probably something that all of you do, but I, I hope it is something that all of you do. So this sounds really redundant to your experiences. I really want to encourage you to have morning and evening prayer. Whether you do it as a family or you just do it individually with a child or you make sure that you do it and your children do it uh, individually themselves. In the morning, thanksgiving over a new day of life. Now, those of us who are so accustomed to things being uh, easy in life, we can lose fact, sight of the fact that life is not easy for everyone and maybe not easy for most everyone and that we are blessed to wake up sheltered, clothed, not starving and wondering where our next meal will be without bombs landing with water accessible. But the point is to be thankful that you're alive regardless. A prayer of thanksgiving that you had the blessing of being able to open your eyes this day. Thanks be to God for our well-being, our health, our happiness this day. We pray we pray that the Spirit may guide us through this day. We're going to be facing challenges this day, some that we don't even anticipate, some that we know and we're dreading are coming. But in this morning prayer, we ask that God would walk with us through this. It makes a world of difference if you do that and you feel the presence of the Spirit helping you move through your day. We want our children, we want all of us to be in that kind of consciousness of God. And we would pray that we would be our best today, that our best self would come forward today, even if others' bests are not directed towards us. Do our best at making good choices, at growing forward just a little bit more this day in the way that God would have us. That's your morning prayer. Gosh, that could take a half hour. That could take 30 seconds. If it doesn't take any time at all, you are starting your day at a disadvantage. Have a morning prayer. Find a way to have a morning prayer. And have an evening prayer where you look back upon your day and you say, well, God, I thank you for this day and I pray your forgiving grace upon me uh, for this and this and this and this. And I thank you for this and this and this and this and this. What a blessing those moments were. Um, you pray for refreshment of sleep and the re-knitting of your body that goes on when you are not conscious. You know, your body's doing a whole lot of stuff when you're not even paying attention to it. And that's kind of like, thank God for that, huh? Um, a little small example of how you're not the, really the master of your life in so many ways. Things just kind of happen to you and happen on your behalf. And one of those things is the re-knitting of your body as you sleep. It's good to identify the blessings you've received and give God thanks for them so that you are clear about how you are blessed and it's good to recognize the fact that you've messed up sometimes and that you rely on God's grace to help you do better. To let it go that night for peace of mind in the Spirit's presence. So now I want to bring up a third thing, and, and I think this is really important, and this puts the focus a little bit more on, on the parents and the grandparents than on the children. But it is really important 
that we recognize how we are modeling and setting an example of what we think we're talking about. And our behaviors will be a whole lot more influential than our good words. We teach by what we do, the example that we make. Children and others who, who look towards us see in us a model of how to live, and that model is, is powerfully influential upon those who admire us or who love us, like our children or our grandchildren. Our children need to see that spiritual life is significant to their parents or to their grandparents, significant to their extended family, so that they are encouraged to investigate and discover and to be guided into developing their spirituality and their nascent faith. Otherwise, it just kind of languishes, not being nourished, and, and kind of withers, kind of withers on the vine. Give the example, set forward the model of spirituality and religious practice to your children, to your grandchildren. You know, honor the Sabbath in some kind of fashion through worship, through the worshipful experience that you might be able to have with your children if you can't get yourselves to church. Spend time in some kind of uh, shared Bible study or value consideration about, well, here's, here's what we claim and, and hold tight to. You know, you might have heard, heard Pastor Wall talk about loving God and neighbor. Well, this is what we think that means in, in our lives. This is how we try to make that real in our lives. Pray on a, on a regular basis so it becomes a, a comfortable thing for them. Um, let them see you praying. And they will think that praying is a, a thing valuable to do. Be an obvious steward of your gifts. Talk about your gifts in that kind of fashion that you've been entrusted with this uh, with this blessing of wherewithal, of your talents, of your, of your passions, of your resources. And here's what we do with it in our family. Give them an example of what it means to be a faithful person with resources. When you spend some time with your family out on service projects or doing some kind of mission work, you're really communicating something really clear to them about where there is value in life. Because you, in your busy life, are giving over this Saturday morning to that task of caring for those people. Your kids see that. Your kids learn from what you do. Well, the church is concerned about family matters because families matter. We want our children to not be idolatrous. We want them to value the common good of society, of community, of family, we want them to have healthy and meaningful lives. So spiritual formation matters. It matters in your family and it matters here. Grow the spirit. Form the soul. Don't let it be stunted by inattention. We're, we're people making, actually, aren't we? We are altering, we are altering instinctual patterns. We're moving from early Nick to late Nick in our lives.
trying to take on the mind of Christ and become our better selves. Help your children, your grandchildren to do that. Accept the opportunity of faith formation in your family and many, many blessings will follow throughout their lifetime as well as yours. Amen. invited to share of your financial resources by way of the instructions that will appear momentarily on our screens to help support the ministries of Christ that happen through our congregation. If you're worshiping in person, you are invited to take advantage of the ushers or usher who will be passing plates down the pews. Your generosity is needed to keep us going, to keep us doing the good that we do. So give generously and be a part of what happens in people's lives through the congregation of UMCWV.
please be seated and uh, be in the attitude of prayer. Holy God, it is right to glorify you, to give you thanks and praise. You are the fountain of life, the source of all goodness. You made all things and filled them with your blessing. You created them, us, to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. In the fullness of time, you sent your son, Christ Jesus, to save us, incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the, of the favored one, Mary, sharing our life. He reconciled us to your love. He healed the sick and fed the hungry, manifesting the power of your compassion. He sought out the lost and broke bread with sinners, witnessing the fullness of your grace. We beheld his glory. On the night before he died for us, Jesus took the bread and giving thanks to you, he broke the bread, offering it to his disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then taking the cup, again he gave thanks to you, shared the cup with his disciples and said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out in my blood. Drink from this, all of you. For it is for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you should drink this in remembrance of me. We thanks for Christ Jesus' ministry, his life, his death, his resurrection for our sakes. Grant that in praise and thanksgiving we may be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in your sight, in union with Christ's offering for us. Loving God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts that they may be for us the body and the blood of our Savior, Christ Jesus. Remember your church scattered upon the face of of the earth. Gather us in unity and preserve, preserve us in truth. In communion with them and with all creation, we worship and glorify you always through your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All glory and honor is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen the gifts of God for the people of God. Lord God, you renew us at your table with the bread of life. May this food strengthen us in love 
and help us to serve you and each other. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand and sing. hope this service has been a blessing to you. Uh, to grow into the mind of Christ, you need to work at shaping our souls after the ways of Christ, Christ's thoughts and Christ's actions. This is the spiritual formation which we all hunger and thirst after, for it is through this that we experience life abundant and build healthy households. Let us work with the Spirit and one another making this a great day and a great week. Stay safe. Be healthy. Know that you are loved. Be blessed by that spirit and be a blessing to others. Amen. 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 <coughs>